0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: And we're live, pal. All right, we're live. Welcome to the UFC on ESPN 13 post-fight show here on the MMAfighting.com YouTube page. I am Mike Heck. That is Jose Youngs. We have Casey Leiden in the truck providing us your comments and questions about tonight's event. And the headliner, Calvin Cater defeats Dan Ige via unanimous decision. Jose, I thought Cater won four of the five rounds. I thought two of the judges got it right. I'm not mad about 48-47, but we'll get to Cater in a moment. But thoughts on Dan Ige's effort tonight in his first main event. I thought he, uh, he served himself very well
2: tonight. Yeah, it's one of those performances where he got the he didn't. He, we talked about this on the A side. He he loses half of his his fight check uh, because technically he did lose. Uh, but it's one of those performances where he 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 grew in the eyes of the fans and probably with the UFC matchmakers. Where including myself, I thought he lost to Edson Barbosa. Uh, and then I thought Calvin Cater was just maybe a, a notch above him in terms of of skill and maybe talent. So I I I, I knew Dan Ige was an uber-talented, tough fighter. I just thought Calvin Cater was above uh, a league above him. And my God, Denigay proved me wrong. He looked uh, every bit like he belonged in there with the, top, the upper echelon of the featherweight division. I thought Calvin Cater was... Uh, came out looking unbelievable. His boxing was looking super crisp. He we was just looking that, that straight, that cross right uh, or left. I can't remember. Digging into the body, stuffing takedowns. But Dan Ige just never went away. He stayed in there the entire fight uh, and showed he belonged. Like, even when he was taking damage, he was still pressing forward. He was still shooting for takedowns. He was making adjustments, switching stances and everything. So uh, hats off to Dan Ige for not, and proving me wrong and, and proving that he does, get, he does deserve uh, these big matchups in the featherweight division.
1: I agree. Calvin Cater gets the job done, gets another victory. He moves up in the featherweight momentum department, no doubt about that. He's one of the, he's clearly one of the top 45ers in the world. There's no doubt about that. And something about Cater, when you watch him fight, it's almost like terrifying to watch him fight. Right. Because you just, he just looks for those openings and he just throws with such ferocity. But Danny Ga, tougher than a, than a three dollar stake that you find in Las Vegas. Unbelievable tonight. But, uh, you know, what would you think overall of Calvin Cater's performance? Because I think most people thought that as the fight progressed, maybe once you got into the championship rounds, Cater would would probably be able to finish Danny Gay, But that wasn't the case. Ege proved his toughness. But Cater comes out and has a pretty solid performance. What did you think of it overall?
2: Yeah, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I just thought I, I've been super impressed with uh, Calvin Cater's, uh, specifically his boxing in every fight. I think he's like, I think now more people are starting to come around. But forever, I would just pray. I would tell people like, watch this. Featherway's boxing—it's unbelievable. In a in a division with with strikers like Jose Aldo and Max Holloway and even the Korean Zombie, you get like these 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 uber flashy, talented, slick strikers. And then here's this kid from New England with just stellar, crisp, technical boxing that is just such a joy to watch. So he looked unbelievable in the first few rounds. Like I said, he just just stayed there and just stuck to his game plan and adjusted in uh, and, and and just. I don't want to say he frustrated Calvin, but he just proved to be more difficult to put away than I think a lot of us thought. And uh, I, I kind of figured as the fight was going on that Calvin's power just, I think kind of played a huge factor at the end where maybe they were like Dan, Dan Danny and him were kind of neck and neck going in. Calvin cater was of course, maybe a step ahead, but not like he was running away and Danny gay was making adjustments and staying in there. But I think by the fourth and fifth rounds. uh, his output was matched by his power and i think that kind of was the turning point where it seems like he would he would step in and then his last punch would just be huge it's like that ds style of fighting where the whole fight they're doing like 30 40 50% all these these strikes and then by the fourth and fifth round Instead of doing 30, 40, 50, they're like 60, 70, 80, and then their last punch is 100, and then that pl- proves to be the, the – it's like killing you with mosquito bites and then a bomb at the end of it. And I think that's what Calvin Cater uh, really showed in the end, and it proved to be successful because he emerged he victorious. He got the W in Abu Dhabi. I can't hear you.
1: Oh, lost your mic. Sorry, sorry. There's the reason why is there's there's one fly just buzzing <laughs> around the command center right now, and it's driving me crazy. And it was buzzing like right around here, and I didn't want to start smacking things and have it on. But what do you do with Calvin Cater right now? Because this is such a tough division to match make, especially up the top, because there's five guys ranked above Cater right now. Four of them are rumored to be matched up, but nothing is on the books and nothing is official right now. So the only guy that might be available over the next few months if these other fights get made is Max Holloway. Could that even be a possibility right now? Like, what can we do from here?
2: Like that fight is a fight. I just don't know if the UFC wants to book that. I I mean, I know uh, Calvin Carey would want that fight. I'm sure Max Holloway would take that fight because he's one of those guys that are just down to scrap, but I don't think the UFC will make that fight. It's similar to when you have Calvin Chukagian, and all of a sudden Jessica I emerges, not Jessica I uh, Cynthia Calvillo emerges as this legit contender, and now she all of a sudden you feed her the number one contender, and then you lose, and then all of a sudden you have someone that's already lost the championship, uh, right where she was while she knocks off of a contender. So I don't know if they give Calvin Cater the the, the Holloway fight, There's but there's a There's a ton of fights uh, for him to take. The Yair Rodriguez is rumored to fight Zabit. I know Calvin beats Zabit, so if Yair wins, maybe you run that one. Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega, which you know I want to see that fight more than any other fight on planet Earth, Uh, but him and uh, Korean Zombie and Alexander Volkanovsky have been going back and forth, kind of chipping away, and whenever the champion in any division has a name on his lips and he's kind of responding and saying, like, well, maybe he deserves a beat down too. You know the UFC is going to pay attention to that. You know the Korean Zombie is such a fan favorite, and Dana White and the UFC matchmakers love him. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they scrap that Ortega Korean Zombie fight and maybe give the Korean Zombie Alexander Volkanovski fight, uh, and then you could do Brian Ortega versus Cater, which is again that fight is an absolute banger. Uh, there's a million fights at featherweight to to happen, and uh, Max Holloway just happens to be 0-2 against the champion. He's in kind of in that no man's land fight right now, but if. They t- announce in a week that Cater and Holloway are throwing down in the main event of a fight night. I'm gonna be excited for it. I still would favor Max Holloway in that fight, uh, but so I don't really think the UFC is gonna try and pull that fight uh, anytime soon.
1: Yeah, it's just a tough spot for him to be. But knowing Cater, like they could offer him like Edson Barboza, be like, sure, I'll take it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I mean that's. I sort of mean I'm not,
2: I've watched that fight too. Uh, just Edson Barbosa is 0-1 in the division, and he just Calvin Cater just beat the guy who beat him. So. Uh, I guess Josh Emmett's out there, but he just had what? He had knee surgery or something like that. He had a whole plethora of surgeries. Arnold Allen's undefeated. Uh, he already beat Shane Burgos. I mean Ryan Hall's out there. He he has a fight. Sadiq Youssef is out there. There's a million fights for Cater to take. Uh that I would be excited. I mean, in terms of matchmaking, if they do Korean zombie or Algan Volkanovsky, Korean zombie, then I it has to be Cater Ortega. That'd be the only fight that I think would make sense matchmaking wise.
1: I wouldn't hate that fight either. It's th- that division is so good right now, especially it's at the top. We're not gonna have like we're not gonna like get this thing in line for like another year, eighteen months, which is a beautiful thing because you have so many contenders.
2: I mean, every division between 135 and 170, you can make an argument that there's two or three uh, deserving contenders in each division. I know Aljamain Sterling at 135 is the guy that we all agree with, but for whatever reason, Dana White doesn't want to say anything. And then 145 we just talks about, 155, anyone in the top 10 could fight for a title, and I think we'd all love it. And then 170, we're having this argument between Burns and Edwards uh, over who deserves the next fight and Clayton Co- and Woodley. So 135 to 170, that quote-unquote average-sized man fight uh, uh, weight division is super exciting right now.
1: She plugs and she said Gilbert Burns. I did speak with him yesterday. So once what the heck drops later on this morning here on the East Coast, you're going to hear that conversation. It's always great catching up with Dorino. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is the live UFC on ESPN 13 post-fight show on our YouTube page. I am Mike Heck, that is Jose Young's. And we want to hear from you guys and gals who are watching right now. This is like the A-side after dark. So get those questions and comments in. We'll be happy to to talk about all of that stuff. But the co-main event was a lot of fun. Tim Mm -hmm. Elliott gets a unanimous decision over Ryan Benoit. And I was on the play-by-play duties for the MMA Fighting Twitter page tonight. And I have to say, of all the fights tonight, this one was met with the most controversy in terms Mm -hmm. of the judging. A lot of people scored this one for Ryan Benoit. What say you, Jose Youngs?
2: I think it was it was pretty fifty-fifty. I think I I can't remember who I had a score. With, I'm not gonna lie, uh, because I was doing some other things for the site and it was on, so I would keep looking up. And it seems like every time I would look up, there would be someone was in a precarious situation, whether it be Tim Elliott stuck in like a knee bar or uh, Benoit stuck in a deep guillotine, and they were always defending. So I'm not gonna I can't lie and sit here and say I watched that entire fight scientifically and breaking it down. Uh, but I when I at the end of it, I think I I was pretty. I wasn't comfortable, but I, in my mind, I was like, I think Benoit won that, but I'm not gonna call it a robbery. Like we love calling things on this site, uh, so I don't think it's a robbery. I think in, in my mind Benoit probably did enough to win, but I say that with no confidence because I'm not a judge. Tim Elliott, I mean, he was out there. He was, he, was, he like, what was going into around two or three. He basically walked out with his back. To Ryan Benoit in his weird, awkward stance. I thought he was going to tap to that. What was that? That D bar, that leg lock. Yeah. You could just see the pain uh, on his leg. And then I think it seemed, at one point, his his game, his veteranship kind of kind of took over. Where he got that guillotine, he adjusted. He got full mount, and then he escaped the knee bar. But then Benoit also defended that guillotine. So it was, it was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun scrap. I'm surprised in not win fight of the night. That's the fight I watched that I found the most joy in watching, even though I didn't watch super scientifically, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I, Ryan Benoit should have, probably should have won that one, but I'm not going to sit here and complain that it was a huge controversial decision.
1: Yeah, it just it just depends on like what you favor as a judge. Because right. like I mean, Elliot just is such a weird guy to watch. He Just switches stance into so many things. Like I think his finger dislocated on his right hand at one point in the third round. He, he just kept playing with it, and then he started
2: throwing it. Like the guy is such a such a wild man. He's never in a boring fight. I mean, even when he fought Demetrius Johnson, he 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 caught Demetrius Johnson by surprise in that first round. Yeah, he Demetrius Johnson ended up dominating by the end of it. But he is at the time the greatest fighter on planet Earth. So it's uh. Tim Elliott's never in a boring fight but I think I feel for Ryan Benoit. He lost half his paycheck in a fight a lot of people think he wins. Okay, so he just threw up the scorecards. It looks like the majority of people scored it for Benoit. So, I uh, got to feel for fighters like that where they're they're probably not making a lot to begin with uh, and every win and loss is huge when you're not in the top 15. So, yeah, uh, my you got to feel for Ryan Benoit.
1: Yeah, I think I see a 30-27 in there. I didn't score at 30-27, but it is what it is. Yeah. Twenty nine, twenty eight is yeah, close. Yeah, think
2: about about two
0: thirds of the journalists had um, Benoit winning. But um yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it was a close fight. It was a close it was fight. A fun I fight. scored a and for our picks, we, we do like a little our little group fight picks thing. That would have been a huge one because I was the only one to pick Benoit and I was feeling pretty good <laughs> about it, but you know, here we go. I lose yet again. But uh Featured bout of the night. Then we'll get to the bonuses that we're going to fire it off to you guys. Uh, Jimmy Rivera gets back on track. Mm-hmm. He snaps a two-fight skit against Cody Stamen, Wins by unanimous decision against a very tough guy, a surging contender in Cody Stamen. Jimmy Rivera spoke to John Anik after the fight. Wasn't thrilled with his performance, but, you know, it was his first fight in both 13 months' time. And on top of that, it was like less than two weeks' notice to get to Abu Dhabi, double quarantines, and then you have to fight and you had a performance like that and you get a win over a surging guy like Stamen what did you think of uh Rivera's performance tonight on on such short notice like that
2: i mean his take, his takedown defense was unbelievable it looked like Cody Staman was going uh, for every every round he was just throwing takedown after takedown after takedown he'd even go he'd have that like body lock takedown from behind against the fence where he would just dump Jimmy Rivera down Jimmy Rivera would pop right back up so uh, Jimmy Rivera was on defense for uh, I would say a vast majority of, of those rounds and he was looking pretty unbelievable it was hard for him to take down uh, I wish he would let it he, he had let his hands go a little bit more it seems like he was finding success with that but he just wasn't sticking to it like he would go from the bite of the head and get that Hook into the counter, and he was finding success, and he was defending all of his takedowns, but he just wasn't letting his hands go. Like he would stuff a takedown, and I feel it would be a perfect time to just explode with Cody Steeman looking frustrated and using all of this energy to try and take it down, and he just didn't. So I know how good Gene Rivera is, and I, he's obviously at one point he had like that super long win streak, beat Uriah Faber. He was on this big tear until he got a head kicked by Marlon Marais. Uh So I, I wish it, he got the win. That's the most important thing getting half of your paycheck, getting the rest of your paycheck, which we're going to talk about for forever, how it's not fair. Uh, it's But Peter Yan was like tweeted a video of him, like giving the middle finger. Uh, he was responding to Jimmy Rivera's response to his last fight over Jose Aldo. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley tweeted a bunch of yawn emojis. So uh, a win is a win. That's the most important thing, get paid. But uh, I don't think it did a lot for him in in terms of getting a big fight for his next fight, if you know what I mean.
1: I just don't know what you do here. I mean, I, I think Rafael Asunzo seems like the most logical choice because I don't think those two guys have fought. And I think is ranked like one spot above Rivera. I mean, there's Dominic Cruz and then there's Corey Sanhagen, but I don't know if that performance merits a fight quite like that. So what would make sense for a Jimmy Rivera as he looks to sort of make up for lost time after missing over a year?
2: It's hard to say. I would I would want to see how, what, how the UFC would shake out moving forward because, of course, Munoz... It's matched up with Frankie Edgar. Sun Styles literally right above him at seven, so I guess that would make sense. Rob Font, Cruz, Dotson has a fight. Uh, Sugar Sean has a fight. Marab has a fight. Uh, I don't think Song Yadong has a fight, if I, if I remember correctly. And I don't think he so either. Fought, he fought to Cody Stearns to a draw, so if they want to make that fight, I mean that's a fun fight. But he's what five, like it's five rankings down from Jimmy Rivera, so. A Asensio would seem, seem fair, but if Jimmy Rivera wants to just wait and see how the rest of the division plays out, because technically the, the champion doesn't have a fight booked. Uh, Cody Goldberg, Cody Garbrandt doesn't have fights fight booked. Uh, Munoz and Edgar, their fight was rebooked. So if you want to see how the the rest of the division shakes out, I wouldn't blame him. But Asensio or Song Yadong would be the two that I would pick, just because I don't think Cruz is going to take that fight anytime soon.
1: Pun completely intended, but it was a uh, it was a heck of a night for the UFC debutants tonight. Yeah, some, seriously. Some shining performances. I mean the bonuses themselves. Fight of the night was Abdul Razak al Hassan against Munir Lazes. Uh, al Hassan missed weight, so he's not eligible. So I wonder if, if Munir gets hundred K. That would be cool. Uh, performances of the night, Lerone Murphy. He looked phenomenal tonight. What a huge win for him over uh, over Ramos, and then comes at uh, Holy cow! What a performance from him! And then Modestus Bakasus gets a bonus as well with that first round flurry of elbows. Uh, referee stopped the fight. That was kind of a weird ending to yeah, that because. But I, I, honestly, like even with the door opening and him kind of like stumbling over, I, I I didn't think he was good enough to to fight anyways. Like he took some damage in that round. I
2: think I think the only thing would be people complaining. I saw it online. People complaining about the strikes to the back of the head. Uh, I don't think I, I, I don't think that was the case, but he said it. He obviously fell out of the it, it, he fell out of the octagon. So it's unfortunate that he was probably on his way to lose to begin with. But the fact that there was some sort of controversy at the end of the day, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? I'm not even going to try. Modestus, yeah, Modestus won. He got the W. He got the rest of his paycheck. He gets the bonus. He gets, So he got paid. It's just unfortunate that there's any there's controversy, it's unfortunate. But especially that it being his UFC debut, you know people are going to be like, well, he didn't actually win because of XYZ. Wait till his next fight. So unfortunate that way, but he got a lot of money for his first UFC fight. So I don't think he really cares.
1: Absolutely, and I thought I thought the production team did a great job going to different angles on those elbows because at first, I think we were all in agreement. Like, mm, those looked a little sketchy, and then as you saw the different angles, you're like, okay, maybe not. Maybe like one or two went to the back of the head, but most of them were, were legit elbows. Whoa, so
0: How many? Sorry. How, you only need one or two. It's like you got, I got one or two illegal shots to the groin. It's just, it only takes that, one or two. That's not
1: the same thing, though. Oh, elbow that's to not, the back of the head? Yes, sir.
2: Casey, do you even train UFC? <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you do you do UFC bro? Do you even lift bro? Come on now. Yeah,
0: I, I I just I felt that the ref, I felt the only mistake was that the ref should have just let the one minute run out though the, the in between rounds, and then if he can get off his stool, ready to fight, then you let him fight. Uh, uh, that that's all. That's that was my only issue. He just let, let, the, let him let him get, let his corner pick him up. We've seen that plenty of times where the corner picks yeah. him up, carry carries mm-hmm. him over. And then as soon as the round starts, then you go, are you ready? And then if they're not ready, then you stop the fight. So that's what the, that's what yeah. the minute break is for. You, you don't have to go to your corner. If you want to sit in the ground and just like, I'm good here, you know, or whatever, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look good visually, but you no, know, that's just, you, know, you can do that. It's just, um, yeah.
1: What was interesting as well is that they said on the broadcast that they wanted to maybe look at it on replay. They asked the referee if they wanted to check it on a replay and the referee said, Nope, I know what I saw. No need for the replay. So, so That's a very, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So good on <laughs> Modestus Pekoskis, one of the friendliest guys in the sport gets his win long awaited to debut. He's probably should have got that call a while back, but, but he's in the outright signee gets a win. Good night for the, uh, for the debutants and the Murphy, I know, uh, Jose, you posted that clip, that crazy story of him getting shot in the face <laughs> and spitting out bullets and then driving himself to the hospital. What a madman. What a, what a breakup performance for him tonight.
2: Yeah. That just so shout out to PC Carroll for that, that question. Cause I didn't know that. I think that was before his fight in, in Abu Dhabi and I forgot he was even fighting on this card. Uh, I love watching him fight and yeah, that story is insane. He's outside of a barbershop and he's just like, yeah, I was outside of a barbershop and it's kind of got shot I just kind of got shot in the face and I woke up I spit the bullets out and just drove to the hospital and it is what it is. And I was like, it is what it is, man. You got shot in the face and you're and you are alive. So uh, I tweeted that video and a lot of people were like, oh, I wish you tweeted this before I made picks because I would have picked him to win. I have no idea why I thought Ricardo Hamos was going to win by knockout. Uh, I just in the back of my head is performance at UFC 217 when he had that spinning, it was a spinning elbow, spinning back fist when he knocked out uh, was Fraza Javi's brother or whatever it was. Uh, that's in the back of my mind and that was the last thing I could really remember. I know he's had win since then uh but yeah uh larone murphy man what a performance and good for him he got a bonus right
1: he got yeah, a bonus, he got yes. yeah so
2: good good on him man uh, beautiful performance
1: yeah he's gotten like a murderer's row for his first couple of ufc fights i forget ah who the hell did he fight the first time he shouldn't know no one thought he was gonna win and then he ended up fighting to a draw because oh, i think yeah the, it was a tough first
2: round what was it Buyer, right
0: uh he was one, the one of the guys that was involved of um, the the brawl.
2: Try, right? Wasn't that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who yeah. it
1: was. That's who it was. He was like a heavy underdog. I think he was at like a ten-eight first round. And then he won the last two, yep. and it ended up being a draw.
0: Yeah, and he, So good he, on him. Yeah, he looked. I, actually, that's why I picked him because I thought he looked so great in his draw, the last time we saw him. So. Because I know nothing about him other than this whole I got shot in the face and he fought to a draw. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, Zubaira was his first win. That was a that was a that was a three round draw in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1-0 and one in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Meatball Molly McCann.
1: Mm. That was a that was a surprise. That was a surprising one. Santos did not look good in her earlier fights. Like she came out the contender series. People were like questioning her completely. They're wondering, people are throwing her record out and screenshotting it and putting it on social media and be like, oh, look at, look at this record that she built. And look at the fighters that she beat to get there. But man, Santos looked fantastic tonight. She looked phenomenal.
2: Sometimes you just you get to the UFC and you get that one out of the way and you lose and then you just reinvent yourself and you come out and win. So, yeah, she looked terrible in her first fight. And yeah, I don't want to call her record padded because that's disrespectful. Because how many wins does she have? Like, 14 or 15 or something it's like, like 19, that i think she's 19 and 1 now yeah like 19 and 1 and she had like 19 straight wins before making the ufc so that's a that's a quote heck of a heck of a record to have entering your first ufc well, fight so
0: she did have a very padded record her victories were over sure. lots of o-and-o's three and ones o-and-ones and a and lot actually a lot of o-and-o's so so definitely well, a padded record but dude that i that looked like i wasn't even sure that was the same woman tonight Honestly, that's compa- what I'm saying. Like sometimes the, you just come like in a t- different fighter.
2: Yeah. Sometimes you come in and you just lose your first UFC fight, and you go back and you come back and you get a big performance. Uh, you get you shake the the, the octagon jitters out. And uh, Milo McKinnon got in her face at the weigh-ins. Uh, she tried twice, and Santos just stood there. It's not like she got shook or anything. She's like, okay, we're gonna fight tomorrow. What's your deal, uh, lady? So uh, yeah, Santos looked great. Uh, she physically looks like she belongs in the division too. Doesn't look like she's a blown-up strawweight. It doesn't look like she's a, a sucked-out bantamweight. It looks like she's perfect for the flyweight division. So, uh, yeah, uh, real real impressive performance. I thought Molly was. I didn't think Molly's going to dominate because Molly's not one of those fighters that goes and just blows the door off you. But she has a good pace uh, and she has a good. She. I think she had like her last fight in Boston. Uh, I brought it to her ten. She was like the first female fighter to have like or first or second have like three straight performances with a hundred plus significant t- uh, strikes. And she, the only other one was like Ioana and Jake and Angela Hill. And Ioana and Jake was like championship fights, and Angela Hill is Angela Hill fights like every other day. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought my, I thought it, w- it would be a uh, not an easy win, but I, I was pretty comfortable picking Molly, and Santos proved me wrong.
1: Yeah, I especially thought like in the in the wrestling department, in the ground game, I thought that was gonna be Molly's Molly's world, but mm-hmm. man, Santos got a lot better in that department. We all we know her Thai background and her striking background, and it's it's top notch, but. I thought Molly would be able to win those exchanges to get it to the ground and, well, and when win was those Sa- exchanges Santos' day.
2: last fight was, what, January or March 2019, something like that? January, February, yeah. March? So it's R- been R- more than a year. Mirella, right? yeah. yeah, so it's been more than a year since she fought. And you have to imagine in those, what, tw- tw- 14, 15 months, she's just completely worked to get better at her craft because I'm sure she was embarrassed after coming in with a stellar record and laying an egg in her first performance. So uh, if she really put in the work and came out like that, I don't want to call her a contender right away, but she could pose a lot of problems in that division for sure. She's
1: very rangy too, and she mm-hmm. uses it very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she looked great tonight. Casey, uh, let's, okay, so let's turn it over to the peeps.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Hold on one moment. Let's get all our pretty faces up there. Oh, yeah.
1: You're in the middle. What a surprise!
0: Oh, jeez. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no. Oh, look at you! There you go. Ah, uh, the <laughs> one without the man without the mustache. All right,
0: uh, first question. Oh, it's not a question,
2: <laughs> those are just reactions. Jessica uh-huh. Crystal Crew is uh, obviously sad because Molly McCann was a proud member of the, the Crystal Crew, so I'm sure Queen Crystal is very upset right now
1: sure Alex Kaley is watching this right now, laughing away because he thinks <laughs> it's all a farce. I don't think it is, although I well, still haven't gotten my crystals yet from my first appearance on the A-side before ooh. I was with MMA
2: Fighting. But that's neither here nor there. Well, I- Alex Kaley hates fun and joy and only sees <laughs> the colors of gray and black. Yeah,
1: Canadians. The reigning between-the-links champion now, Alex Kayley
2: oh, Heroids. Can't.
1: who does Cater match up with best that's ranked higher than him? How do you think Cater matched up against Zabit in a five-round fight? Two questions there. Uh, I think we know kind of the answer to the second question. I mean, it's it happened last year, so things could have changed. But I think most of us feel that if that first fight between Cater and Zabit went five rounds, that Cater was, had the momentum and probably would have done well in four and five. But, uh, gentlemen, I'll pose the question to you. Looking at the guys who are ranked ahead of Calvin Cater right now, who does he match up with? pretty well out of those top five.
2: Well, for Zabit, you also have to remember that he went from fighting Zabit in Boston to all of a sudden getting pulled from that car. So Cater's from New England. He's going to fight Zabit in his backyard to all of a sudden getting the fight pushed back to fighting in Zabit's backyard in Russia and then getting elevated to a three-round main event after Junior Dos Santos pulls out. So that's a lot of things going on in that fight. So yeah, I would love to see that fight run back in five rounds. Um, I think he did pretty well against Ortega. Uh, Ortega uh, obviously got pieced up by Max on the feet. So if Cater if can keep the fight standing, which is, of course, no easy task against a fighter like Ortega, because even if you do keep the fight standing, Ortega can just snatch up that neck like he did to Cub Swanson with that standing guillotine. So uh, I think he could do pretty well against Ortega. Uh, Yair's a very similar fighter to Zabit. Uh, and then I'd favor Holloway against him. And then Chan Sung Jung is just is an anomaly. You can't really predict what kind of fight you're going to have with him? So I think he do. I think he matches up well with anyone in the top five, top six, whatever he's ranked. But I would favor. I don't think I'd favor him heavily against anyone. But I think he'd have a good shot of beating Ortega or uh, Yair for sure.
1: I thought Cater Yair was like the fight to make after 249. Like after Cater knocked out Jeremy Stevens, I felt like that was the obvious fight to make.
2: But I I agree. But Yair and Zabit have had history for a long time, and I selfishly I really want just a long rangy spinning shit style fight between this crazy Mexican and this crazy Russian just throwing down for 5 rounds.
1: Can't argue with that logic,
2: Casey.
1: Uh Jose Casey, your thoughts on That's those rude. questions.
0: <laughs> My bad. Jeez. Um no, I think Cater for me right now is like he's clearly to me a a B plus A B+A level featherweight in the world right now, but I just against the guys ahead of him, I just don't I just don't see him the, the question was who do we what was the question like who do we see him like in a favorable matchup i just don't see him beating anyone in front of him and if he does good on him but like um it, it's just i, I just see it. everyone looks just slightly better than him and that are ranked in front of him so um i don't know uh i but I, I do i like the yair fight the best of all of all the people in front uh, i think yair is, is the most um most entertaining fun matchup but cater i cater against any any of the top guys i think he's gonna be He's just an entertaining fighter, so no matter what.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he beats because he's. I just pulled up the ring. He's six after this fight, and then above him in order would be, Yair, Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega, is a beat Holloway and Volkanovski. It's crazy. I don't think yeah. I'd. Yeah. I don't think I would favor him in any of those fights, uh, betting wise. But I think if you're going to put money on him pulling out a, an upset, I'd probably put Ortega, and maybe Yair would be the two. I would pick I would say Calvin would have a good chance of uh, pulling off the quote unquote upset.
0: I think the biggest upset would b- probably be Ortega only because of we just he's been he's been out for such a long time.
2: Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, if yeah. you if, if they fought just like if they fought in October and a Calvin Cater beat Brian Ortega, I wouldn't be shocked. I would still favor Brian Ortega entering that fight. but cater's uh, boxing is unbelievable, and that's exactly how Max Holloway beat. Brian Ortega last time. He just st- kept it off the octagon of the canvas and just pieced him up on the feet. And you just saw Calvin Cater's output is unbelievable and he really knows how to control his uh, energy levels through five rounds. I think he would he, if he beat Brian Ortega, it wouldn't be a surprise to me.
1: And Cater's takedown defense is really He's good. Phenomenal. And if and if you're fighting Cater and you end up on your back, you're gonna get cracked <laughs> really hard. So he was still haymakers and
2: those what guys. was what was was like 0 for seven, oh for eight, something like that. But you also yeah. have to wonder, like, Dan Ige is not the biggest featherweight in the world. Like, if Dan Ige announced he was cutting down to 135, I would be like, yo, yeah, okay, you're not that tall, so, like, you could probably make it. So, uh, you you do have to wonder if fighters like the IA Rodriguez's and then there's a beats that are super rangy and can, can and can keep Calvin from b- boxing would play a major factor. Because who else has he lost to besides the beat Moicano, right? And Moicano's good stand-up, good grappling. What was it? It was like, that was in, that was in Anaheim, I think, or or I yeah. can't quite remember. So, uh uh you, you just have to wonder what type of fighters uh, Calvin uh would, would 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 not would would present Calvin with the most problems. Good problems
1: to have. Right. All those matches would be fun. What else we got? Thank you, B Royds. Uh, I mean look. got great uh, pictures of dogs with yeah. <laughs> Christmas hats on. <laughs> would anybody, anybody be shocked if Calvin got a title shot depending on
2: when Alex comes back?
1: Yes, I would so say go yeah you go first
2: i would be surprised if you got if you skip the line uh yeah. but i would it, it's not because volkanovsky would say yes over over someone else if they took calvin cater's name to alexander volkanovsky first calvin alexander volkanovsky is going to be like no he has to have another fight like volkanovsky is going to fight whoever they put in front of him he's one of those champions and he's going to fight calvin eventually i think because if like, volkanovsky really wants to be the quote-unquote go and run through the gambit of fighters it's only a matter of time before they, they make that fight. Uh, I think the only way they would make the Cater fight is if fighters can't get into, can't leave certain countries or matchmaking-wise, uh, someone gets hurt. Like if Ortega's ready to go and they make that Korean zombie fight, so Beats fighting Ayer or they or they don't make that fight or make that fight, and Calvin's just next in line, processed by elimination, sure. But if they skip Sabit, so Ortega, Korean zombie, and to go to Cater to fight Volkanovsky on purpose, that would surprise me.
1: If Cater went out there and, like, blasted Danny Gay and finished him in the first two rounds, like, did what he did to Jeremy Stevens to Danny Gay tonight, I'm not saying yeah. it would happen, but there would have been a chance of it because yeah, people if, would have been clamoring
2: for it. If Cater went out there and just Shane burgos to him like he did like he did to Shane Burgos at UFC 220 and then took the mic and he's like, that's how a featherweight finishes fights and then throws the mic down and leaves the octagon, yeah, that fight is 100% the fight to make, but that's not what happened.
1: Yeah. You know, there you I, go. I, I'd be I'd be I'd be shocked if Cater got the shot. I'd love to see it, but I'd be agreed. shocked if,
2: he did. if If they purposely skipped the top five to go to him. I'd be a little surprised. I Casey, want, your thoughts?
0: I want to see other fights for Max Holloway, but the, but in my mind, Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater is pretty dang awesome because I think that's, that's what, like what, I, mean, I, I think I think that's what Cater is missing right now in his resume. He's beaten good <laughs> fighters. But not the fighters that we consider, you have to beat this guy if you want to fight for the belt. And um, so I think, that, that, just, I think that's the problem where Cater's at right now. He's just beating all the guys he's supposed to be beat. But.
2: It's really unfortunate that Josh Emmett is hurt. Because I think that would be a good fight because they're ranked right there. They're, they're, they would be – because Frankie Edgar is – I'm eliminating as he's sitting at seven. So it would be seven and six, uh, Cater and uh, Emmett. Because uh, I don't think they're going to give Cater Max because Max is already 0 2 against the champion. I don't think they want to knock off a future contender, uh, especially if Max goes out there and just blows him away.
0: Yeah, I just don't uh, think the fight's going to happen, but I do want to see
2: it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So uh, it's us for if, if Emmett hadn't gone under surgery, I think Emmett caters the fight to make, but uh, that's not going to happen.
0: Actually, now yeah, let's talk about the other guy.
1: He's the tree guy. You can do mm-hmm. a lot of things with Danny gay. What about uh Ige versus Burgos?
2: I love it. I That's love that fight. fight. There's our allowance. not have a fight either. Right. You might give him a fight. Sadiq, yousef, uh, Ryan hall. Oh no, Ryan Hall's fighting Lamas. Uh, give him the winner of that fight, the loser, whatever. One of those fights with Jose Aldo wants to jump back out to featherweight. That'd be a fun fight too. So yeah, uh, the, again Dan Ige didn't lose anything in the eyes of the fans I think after that one after that loss yeah
0: there's a I mean, yeah there's a there's a lot of good fights for Ige, honestly I think um, I
2: like the Burgos fight a lot I think that's the fight or Jeremy Stevens they're sitting at 910 yeah. I know Jeremy Stevens has fought everyone but uh Egate Jeremy Stevens would be a banger too
0: yeah there's so many or,
2: Burg, or Burgos versus Stevens that's that,
1: that's the beauty of having a Jeremy Stevens there so you can yeah, fight right. any of these guys and it's fun
2: Got, yeah. What else we got?
0: Did um did, uh, Has Andre Feely been booked?
2: Rumored to fight uh Bryce Mitchell from what I heard, but that's not official.
1: Uh, yeah, nothing official, but right. that's that, those are the rumblings in the street
2: right now. And they, they both tweeted, give me the contract. Like, with our graphic. Like, Andre oh. Feely goes, I want to fight <laughs> Bryce Mitchell. And I made a graphic out of it. And then Bryce Mitchell's like, done. Give me the contract. And I was like, all right, there's the fight.
1: That's what happened with the Rosa fight, too. Exactly the same thing. Right. So I'd be... Bryce Mitchell did say he has he contract to sign and he's got fight news coming. So I've, I've been trying to work on it. I assume it's feely, but I I don't know.
2: They both want to fight each other. They're both not ranked. They're both awesome, interesting characters, and I think that's the fight to make. So and the winner gets uh, to the top fifteen. Hundred percent. Ige versus Stevens, Burgos, Sadiq Youssef, Any of those cats? I'll watch them. I'll watch them fight. Let's talk we'll about, watch.
0: Let's talk about this gentleman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <a> typo, but. <laughs> Munir Laz is, is the real MVP. Yes. He was awesome. That was, he was awesome. And the post fight was great. It was like the calmest call out of Mike Perry you will ever hear in the UFC. Yeah.
2: It was well, just so you, It was so
0: quiet. I was like, wait, did he just say Mike Perry? I, was, I wasn't well, sure, actually.
2: If you watch uh, the post fight press conference that uh, uh, Guillerme sent over when he was back there, they asked him, like, why do you want to fight Mike Perry? And he said that he wants to fight because him and his teammate, Darren Till, have issues. And if you have issues with one of us, you have issues with all of us. And Mike Perry and Darren Till are obviously not in the same weight class. So if uh, Lazez, is that his last, how you pronounce his last name? Uh, he if, Lazes, if he wants to fight Mike Perry and Mike Perry, whenever he returns from whatever he's going on with his blonde, friendly hair, I'm just going to put it out there. Why not? <laughs> Did you see that photo, Casey? I did. Yeah, I saw that photo. It was, this uh, guy calls my hair friendly and makes like, fun was, of me, and all of a sudden he has the same hair as me. Hair.
1: That was very Yeah, crazy. right. Um, Maybe he wants to be on the A-side with you, Jose.
2: I don't to, think he does. To butter you up. <laughs> I truly do not think he wants to be on the A-side with me.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like the call out. It, it got attention. It got buzz. It probably won't happen anytime soon. Definitely but... not. Uh, that guy against anybody at 170 makes me happy. Yeah, I
0: think I think you give him someone like kind of right outside the top 15, uh, maybe uh, like a maybe a, B- a Bilal Muhammad, someone like that. I think that's a an exciting fight. Um, I think, he, but he's just you know what? He's just a he, I'm just happy he's on the UFC roster and um, he's obviously a, a super action fighter. And uh, whoo, man, so many knees and elbows, so many knees and elbows. I loved it. That's those step in knees. Ugh.
1: He took a. He's got a chin on him too. Yeah. Holy cow! That's he took risk, some big risk shots risk early. He
0: just, but he he let um. What was his opponent's name? He, uh, uh, forgot I forgot. Haven't I haven't said his name out loud in a while. Re-
1: Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Al
0: Hassan, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I picked Hassan first round knockout. I thought this was a um, showcase fight for Hassan. I thought they bring in beat him a local, you know. But nope, that man. That man. That man is legit.
2: So how what what about? So I'm just pulling. I'm just thinking. I'm just pulling up the UFC welterweight rankings right now. Fights that I would like to see him fight that wouldn't be in the top fifteen. I'll watch him fight Nico Price. Yeah, Nico Price. I'll watch him fight uh, Mike Perry, Bilal Muhammad, Jake Matthews, Dolby, Cowboy Oliveira would be a banger. The Regular leech. Cowboy would be a banger. The leech. The leech would be awesome. Gunnar Nelson, uh, Rocco Martin, Vicente Luque already has a fight, obviously. So yeah, there's a there's a million fights. Uh, for Lizess to take, but he's what? He's won and owned the UFC, something like that. So I don't think he's going to get any huge names right away.
1: Yeah. And he just beat a guy who hasn't fought in, what, two years?
2: Yeah. yeah UFC so like, yeah, 220 two was the last time he fought, right? That is true. So yeah, I don't think he's going to get a, a, a major fight anytime soon. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a need to. How about really? uh, yeah. Alan Joban? There you go. There's a fight. He's When's like. last time like, he fought exactly he's, <laughs> yeah he's a and he's not in boring fights he, he he's a premier premier uh, primarily a striker so uh alan joban versus lose would be a fun fight yeah. he has a win over mike perry you beat him that that's another notch that you can just jump on the Mike uh, jump on that mike perry trying to fight so joe joe van there's the fight
1: joe van nico price is probably my my one b that's that's fun
2: diego sanchez would be a weird fight too oh man
1: yeah, that's
0: that's the beauty of him, man. Like, you can put him in pretty much anywhere and, like, just, just you know, le- nah, he's awesome. I know, I was just you could,
1: sl- you could awesome. slow roll him, too. Yeah. Just slow roll him and just let him keep putting on highlighter reels.
0: Well, let's answer a couple more questions before we, uh, you okay? You okay, Mike? Is that, that, that fly that getting you?
1: <laughs> friggin' fly. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: One man. fly. I told my kid, shut the door. Don't leave it open. Of course, he opens the door and won't shut it. <laughs>
0: What's the what's the school what's the school situation out there?
1: Nothing's been determined yet, but they're thinking that they're thinking that they might be able to get back in September. Mm-hmm. But the kids are gonna have to wear masks mm-hmm. in the classroom. We'll see. I don't I don't buy it, but we'll see what happens.
0: Uh, I, I hope
1: it happens. I love my kid, <laughs> but I've spent way too much time with him. <laughs>
0: Um. Do, 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 do. Yeah, just had a lot of comments about the fights. um, do, do, do. step Stepping elbows. Tonight was a great night of fights. Uh, I think everyone's just kind of sleepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these
2: Wednesday night. nights are weird. I yeah. feel for G.
0: Yeah. that's one. Even yeah. though it's not about. Even though it's not about tonight's card, I just gotta talk about her.
1: Can we all agree that Amanda Hebaz is the next female superstar? I mean, she was the only VIP that got <laughs> featured on the uh, on the broadcast tonight. But if, but yes, she is. Why do you think she got the page fight to begin with? This is this is a it, it, it went exactly the way that Dana White wanted it to go. That's why she got the VIP seat. They sent Paige off to to Bellator or wherever all she's right. gonna end up going. Amanda Hebaz gets a big boost because she beats a big star, and the sky's the limit for her. There's there's lots of great options
2: for her. Mo- yeah, moving let's on, but about like. Who are her, Amanda Heboss's last two wins? Paige Van Zandt and Mackenzie Dern. Two <laughs> yeah. of the most popular female fighters on the roster. They might not be the championship-level caliber fighters, but in terms of people tuning in and knowing names, yeah. it's those two are the big, two of the biggest names out there, probably Macy Barber at one point, too. So, yeah, Amanda Hibas is, deserves a um, huge step up in competition. Uh, she called out the winner of Esparza, uh, Marina Rodriguez. I want that fight. I think Marina Rodriguez is an awesome fighter. I think she is super violent. Carlos Barza is super difficult to fight and makes people fight badly. And I think that is a talent to have that she completely takes you out of the fights that you shine in. So if Marina Rodriguez somehow gets past Carlos Barza, Amanda Hibas versus Marina Rodriguez is just a violent female strawweight fight. And I want to see that fight so badly.
1: I did. I mean, I want to see it. I don't want to see it right now, though. I don't. Slow roll her. Like, give hey, her a man. big fight. Give her a step up. But we don't need to push her up that high yet. Felice Herrig's fighting. Who's Felice Herrig fighting?
2: I don't even know. John Aroba? Sure. It- you could be making that up, oh. and I would believe you.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah there's so many good guys. Yeah, always- I think the
1: winner, that maybe the winner of that fight. So they'll be, like right, around the, like, right around the same place. What about uh, Tisha Torres is right above her? I think they train together, don't they? She's a, yeah, Just, yeah, ATT. They're both ATT. Right. Yeah, I see. I saw that a lot on Twitter, and I was like, the, I don't think they uh, fight Angela together. Angela Hill
2: and Michelle Watterson are fighting. Who's that ma- could be a. That's fight. not a bad one.
0: Who's Mizuki way fighting? She has a fight coming up.
2: Uh oh, yeah, she's Jean,
0: like Amanda Lim- Limos. I'm not sure that's.
2: So, uh, Yan Nan is fighting Claudia. The winner of that too could be a banger of a fight. There's, Strawweight is the best. Fe- I think the most stacked female division out there. That's not. Even, uh, that's not even upper debate. That yeah, it's the it. most. It's the most competitive too. Uh, Nina is off the list. She's pregnant. Uh, Rose should probably fighting Zhang Wiley. Andrade, who knows? Rematch her against Joanna if they want. Uh, Tatiana's who knows? Nina's out. Claudia has a fight book. Sparta's a fight book. Michelle Waters in the fight book. Marina, Jan uh, Tisha Torres. Alexa Grosso's is not in the division anymore. Angela Hill's a fight. Felicia Harris has a fight. So. She's going to have to wait for something. You can't book her a fight right now without a bunch of fights happening already. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just, I, I think the opponent, I mean, the opponent matters, but I think the placement on the card matters even more. Yeah. Like, she's going to go main a- events on a fight night, definitely on a main card of a big pay-per-view. Like, just keep featuring her and throwing her out with as many eyeballs that can watch her as possible.
2: And the and the amazing about, she has two weight classes you can fight. She doesn't get a fl- uh, straw weight fight and she goes, all right, fine. I'll fight a, fa- I'll fight a flyweight. Like. I'm not going to say no to watching her fight anybody at flyweight either. She's obviously not that the size of that weight class, and eventually she could bulk up to do it because she does want to be champ to eventually. But uh, there's a million fights I'd watch her at flyweight too. But if she wants to take a strawweight, she's going to have to wait for a lot of these fights to pan out first. I would agree with that
1: 100%. Looking forward to seeing more from Amanda Hibas. I think we can all agree with that. I but can't yes. wait to see the lap. There's so many. The just, answer
0: there's to the so question. many good strawweights right
1: now. There's so many. But the answer to that question is yes, she is the next potential big, female MMA superstar I would I would have to agree with that anything else in the truck Casey um, no just a
0: uh, couple people you know Danny gay should try 35 maybe um, he's
2: not the biggest guy at 140 yeah we stand
0: next to him you no know, out of out of uh, fight camps he just yeah he doesn't not by the way yeah he just doesn't seem that big
2: like um, even when he fought uh Bectic when we were at that Houston card Casey and bectic stood on the face off and like lifted his shirt up and Dan Ige, Ige lifted his shirt off to play along. I'm like, Bechtick looks like a whole other weight class than Danny. But Danny again, it's like when we, when we talked to Michael Chiesa in Edmonton, Casey, and we were like, why did you ever fight at lightweight if you're this good at welterweight? He goes, because I was doing well. If you're ranked in the top seven, you don't want to restart. So if, she does, if he doesn't want to restart, put all this work at featherweight, like, why not? But he would be dropping down. Michael Chiesa went out. So that's, everyone, that's what everyone's going to say. So Danny Ige can do whatever he wants
0: all right great so let's talk one question take one question about saturday
1: looking forward does joseph benavides get
2: it done
0: i don't know let's see if let's see if uh Figueredo makes weight
2: <laughs> well according to our video that geese shot that he was like 130 pounds landing Is that i didn't what
0: he said was he on a scale
2: that is what he said. I'm just telling you what he said. Yeah, all right. If he's if he truly is 130, he makes 125 comfortably. That's a that's another conversation we can have later. But that's a it's a tough fight. I th- I fa- I still favor Joe B. I think he was winning that fight until they clashed heads. Yeah. But Figueroa hits so hard, and he who's he who's he's only lost Formiga who's pretty much beaten everyone outside of, like, the top three. So, uh, except,
0: Joe, except, Joe except Joe B. Except Joe B. Except
2: for Joe B. And Alex Perez most recently. So it's a tough fight. Real okay. tough fight.
0: I hope that fight gets a lot more buzz. Um, I hope so do I. Yeah, I'm super excited by that fight. And uh, one more comment before we get our, our everything else done in our lives.
1: And let's be honest, by the way, with we <laughs> it out, he lost to Jared Brooks, too. Let's throw that out yeah. there. Even though the judges are, were terrible that night. He lost a fight. Question for Jose: Remember when you called Nile a
2: human-sized onion? Yeah, I do, because it only happened a couple hours ago. This child, Niall McGrath, keeps going blah 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 blah. He keeps talking and talking and talking, and he's bad at it. He's he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know how anything about nothing. So if he wants to clap, flap his gums, come up with something original. I don't know if you saw John Anik was asking for suggestions on a new tattoo he wants to get. Did you see this? Any, either of you guys? No, I saw that. Because John Anik's going to get a game bread tattoo and then he might get the F.E. for Frankie Edgar. And he's like, what else should I get? And I suggested a very tasteful, massive back piece of me dunking a basketball on Nile. I figure a full back piece would be most appropriate. And John Anik was like, yeah, duh. And everyone was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was like, it does make a lot of sense to see a, a bag of soup getting dunked on by me, Jose Young. So make it happen, John Anik. I mean, who and
1: why? I, I, you should IG live that tattoo being made. I mean,
2: all if we want to start a crowdfunding for John Ent to get a big backpiece <laughs> of be dunking on uh, Niall McGrath and Pete Carroll fainting in the background. Who's gonna argue that? No one.
1: Jeez. I mean, what a good way to end the show, right? There you go. Trash, See? trash Nile, where he can't defend himself. But that's all right. This robbery. <laughs> how would, be, how been going would he defend himself?
0: There's no def- he, he's
1: like maybe he's guy. watching right now and he wants to chime in. I definitely he's think he's not watching. Future Between the Links matchup,
2: perhaps. We could settle it in there. No, if we're ever going to match up, it'll never be through a computer.
1: Five-foot rims.
2: 50-foot <laughs> rims, more like it. Don't <laughs> worry. Even if it was a five-foot rim, now nah, I wouldn't be able to reach, man. He gets tired just balling his fist up into a fist.
1: <laughs> right. Wow. I have to see this. I, I, I think this is a perfect way to end it. So. Uh, that's it. The night is in the books. Our second of four Fight Island cards. It's a wrap. We're back at it again on Saturday with the aforementioned Flyweight title fight, Joseph Benavides versus Davison Figueroa. Figueredo. We got Kelvin Gasolum on that card as well.
2: Yes. Oh, that fight is so good. That's a good fight. Jack Romanson, that Jacker fight Manson. is so good. That's a good one. And
1: then, of course, next Saturday, that's the one that I think everyone's really looking forward to with uh, Darren Till versus Robert Whitaker and mm-hmm. that whole chaotic card from top to bottom is going to be a lot of fun. So that's it that's all we have to say so uh stick with us at mma fighting for all the coverage we'll have virtual media day i believe tomorrow and then we got weigh-ins on friday and we get the card on saturday what the heck's gonna drop in around seven and a half hours from right now which should be a good one with gilbert burns and Devonte smith and rob font and john castaneda the newest member of the ufc bantamweight division he'll be fighting nathaniel wood next saturday on that july 25th card so for jose youngs casey Lyden in the truck esther lynn on the graphics i am mike heck hope you guys enjoy the fight tonight we'll see ya godspeed good night
0: you're listening to the vox media podcast network